getting married happy? No, thoughtfully. I don't think either of us is the marrying type, at least not at the moment. Why do you want to know? I've been offered a job in Edinburgh. If I take it, I'll have to give up the flat. I see. Kate was silent. So it was burning bridges time. Well, get rid of the flat with my blessing and I'll hang on to John for a bit. But she didn't. The day after Anne moved, Kate and Jean had their first serious row about money. Hers. How much are they going to pay you? He stared at her in astonishment. She pushed the letter over to him. He read it slowly. It's an American contract. Suddenly he was on his feet. I get paid a paltry few hundred dollars advance for my last book of poetry, and you, you get that. He threw the letter down. She stared at him, shocked. John? Well, Kate, be realistic. You write well, but it can hardly be called literature. Whereas your books are. Oh, hey, come on. Suddenly he realised how much he'd hurt her. He put his arm round her shoulders. Look, take no notice. I was just jealous. He gave her a hug. I might even go so far as to swallow my pride and borrow some of that money off you. She pushed money at him, threw it at him, gave it to him and lent it to him. When the end came, she had less than a thousand pounds left in the bank, and no prospect of any more until the next royalty check in the summer. Even so, it was not the increasing pressure over money that came between them in the end. It was a cold, miserable day in early December when John found her in the manuscript gallery of the British Museum, and she remembered he'd said he would meet her for a quick coffee. The restaurant was, as usual, packed, and as they sat down at a table near the wall, still thinking about Byron, she not immediately sensed his excitement. You're coming with me, Kate. He waved a letter at her. Coming with you? To the States? Kate looked at him in surprise. I can't. Why? He was clearly astonished by her response. This is the most important time of my life, Kate. My new novel being published in the States. A lecture tour. Publicity. She regarded him fondly. I'm terribly pleased for you, but I am about to start writing. You know I can't go with you. Kate, you can start the book any time. I need you. Derek has got some terrific things lined up for me. He's expecting you to be there. We're an item on the literary circuit. A wave of impatience swept over. I don't care if your publisher is expecting me, John. I'm going to stay here and work. His voice was suddenly bleak. Uh, you can't stay in the flat, Kate. Derek has asked me to lend the flat to Cyrus Grandini while I'm away, and I... Uh, I've agreed he can have it for two weeks. You will have to find somewhere else to go for a couple of weeks. I'm sorry. So that was it. She knew where she stood. A lodger, a lover, but not a partner. Which was why, two days later, she found herself at Broadcasting House where her old friend, Bill Norcross, ran one of the production departments. She couldn't stay in London, that was obvious. Her money, the money she'd lent John, had been her sole source of income. 
So is what I hear in the grapevine true? He asked. You and John are a couple no more. The beautiful Kate Kennedy has bitten the hand that fed her. He never fed me, Bill. I paid more than my share, she said calmly. But I do need your help. I need somewhere to live for a while. I wondered if I could stay in your cottage. Bill frowned. Oh, you must be desperate. Do you know where my cottage is? She laughed. It's in North Essex, isn't it? It's the most beautiful corner of Essex, but at this time of year, it's also the most inaccessible and cold. The bedroom's brimful of rubble, the roof leaks, and it's really very damp and cold. Oh, you'd be miserable. Bill leaned back. A stout, balding man in his mid-thirties, he had a humorous, likable face. Am I right in thinking, John?